you talk about edutainment, it's really important. And I hate that word and look at it as pejorative, but education has to be entertainment because it's got to catch the dopamine. I got to get dopamine off this. You know, I've got to be excited. It's got to catch my attention. Even for those who aren't driven by that needs to be a hit. So what we can do today with video is create really precise, really impactful content. There's a future where AI is fully integrated with everything from customer onboarding to upgrades, where automated video can power self-service on a mass scale. But what about right now, right this minute? Where does AI fit in? Welcome to the Video Voyager's Edge of AI podcast, powered by Videate. We're exploring where no one has before, the transformative impact of AI and video automation on customer success. In each episode, we talk with industry experts and visionary practitioners to explore real-life stories of innovative AI video applications in the world of SaaS. Together, we're going to find out what we can do with AI and video automation right here, right now. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of Video Voyager's Edge of AI. I'm your host, Audrey Lecker. And today we're talking about the story of how specifically video content is critical for customer success. But we also talk about AI and technology's role in supporting customers as well. Our guest today is Dave Darrington, the Director of Customer Education at Service Rocket and co-host of C-Lab, the Customer Education Laboratory. With a wealth of experience in B2B staff, Dave is a luminary in the realm of customer education. He's not just a director, he's also an educator and a podcast host, passionate about scaling customer education across organizations. Dave, I'm so excited to have you on. I'm always thrilled to talk with you, Audrey, and the Vidiate crew. Thanks for having me. So we like to kick off every episode of our podcast with a bit of a hot take. And that question is, is AI going to take all of our jobs? Oh, I am so glad that you brought this question up. Audrey, I can tell you personally, I'm a little afraid, right? Not Terminator afraid. I hope that doesn't happen. But I am afraid about that question. Where is AI going to take our jobs? The kind of the resonance, the feeling right now, and the sentiment that a lot of companies are talking about as you introduce AI into the world is that it will take jobs away from people who aren't using AI. That's not for me, but I like the sentiment because what it is indeed saying is that we have to do it now because it's extending our humanity. It's extending our abilities to give us superpowers. It's like, you know, the bionic man and woman, you know, those TV shows. They've got superpowers because they've got technology that's assisting them to do more, to do better, but they're still human. Well, hopefully. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of a concern there, but it should only more about be the people that have not taken time to understand the aspects of what AI is. What does it mean? What are the tools out there? What is chat GPT X? What is a large language model? These are things that we are compelled to learn as leaders and practitioners in some way and bring into our day to day. So I think that's the most helpful answer is you should be aware, you should learn, don't be afraid, get ahead of the curve. Yeah, I totally agree. It kind of feels like we're already at this point where organizations need to be utilizing AI already in order to stay competitive. So hopping on to more about AI, actually, how do you see generative AI for video and text content evolving in the customer success and customer experience space over the next couple of years? I think, again, you need to understand what the concept of generative AI is and how that impacts us. So when you're looking at products, 
and your platform being one of them. And now I'm seeing enablement products out there. I'm seeing LMSs that are really going in and acquiring tools and AI technology to do what? Well, that's a good question. And what that is, is you can use generative AI to look at, I want to channel one of my friends, Courtney Sembler, she was from HubSpot. She had a really great talk this week about this very thing. She talked in human terms about what generative AI can do for us and why it isn't scary in those contexts, because it could say, she's like, hey, you know what? I did this whole presentation here at this event. I had AI write it. What? Yeah, I used Chat GPT to look at a doc. I just threw a bunch of notes together and I had all this stuff. And what came out was an outline and a few little tidbits. And then she goes, cool. All right, now a half hour or 15 minutes. And these are already my words, but human beings are really sometimes not that good at organizing stuff. We all learn about outlining in school, but do we keep doing it well? No. So that kind of guidance and support and assist helps an emergent creative process that we need to go through. And as I said, it gives you a superpower because you go kick it off, Audrey, like, oh, look at all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, come back. I've got a really good outline. And now I've got the harness I need to actually use my brain creatively to fill in the blanks. So that's the kind of stuff that I think is cool. There's way more examples, but I think that's a really good one to leave off with. Yeah, I agree. So I have ADHD, which means that it's really hard for me to get started on tasks or to like task switch. And one thing I've noticed is that since I started using ChatGPT, it has been so much easier to like actually get stuff done because I can literally just hop in there and ask it a question. And then it starts kind of organizing the first things that I need to accomplish. That resonates a lot with me. I mean, we're finding a lot more people being vulnerable about, well, so vulnerable. It's just a fact. I was late diet. I was diagnosed this year. And that's okay because it's a superpower. And well, our minds all work differently. But that assist that I get, which kind of removes the distractions because you know what you experience. You go on a deep dive and the next thing you know, you're eight hours into God knows what and TikTok and all these documents. And what's important? And then you kind of was like, okay, I got to give up. But when you can go and say, give me an outline to start with, you know, you have a few resources. It's good stuff. It really helps expedite that. What are some emerging AI trends that you believe will significantly impact customer experience? So I used to work at Outreach. Outreach is a sales engagement platform and still a big fan. It's really fascinating. Now imagine, put me in the role. I don't think you have to imagine too much. I'm selling you something. You got to know what? You got to know the product. You got to know the use cases. You've got to know the market position. You have to know the value prop. Then you got to listen to the other side and see what their, the buyer's signal is, their interest, their problems, their challenges, their objections. Okay, now I'm going to talk about, introduce the product in the platform, in the outreach platform was called Kaya. And Kaya is this really cool agent driven by AI. It's actively listening to you and me. And it knows things because I preloaded it with responses. Like, oh, Audrey just said something and that reminded me of whatever. And I don't know, it's like Dave just said an objection. And that objection is, I think I can do a better job myself. And then on your screen in our session pops up a battle card and it says some things. So it's a human aid. It's helping humanize the sales process to the problem. And it's getting away the fear that because I'm like a salesperson, I'm scared. I got revenue on the line. If I screw up, I'm going to lose my job. I don't want my salespeople to do that. And also, hey, what if I forgot a detail or what if I didn't do something? Now, 
I'm going to take another thread out of this and talk about AI and enablement. I was just thinking when you were talking about Kaya, I think in our last episode with Luke Farrell, he mentioned Kaya as well. And he had mentioned like some of the objection handling. Yeah, Luke and I were, we worked together. Oh, really? Yeah, he was at Outreach when I was at Outreach. I talked to him recently. He's cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he was on, I think last week is when we recorded. What a small world. Well, I guess that makes sense because it's the world of customer experience. (laughs) 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 But he had mentioned Kai and I didn't realize when he was explaining it that it was actually listening to the conversation and being able to analyze it and then pop something up. And then I had this thought because ADHD, at some point, everybody's going to have an AI assistant on their calls. (laughs) And then at what point do we just put the AI assistants onto the call with each other so that we don't have to do anything? (laughs) You don't think it's happening now? I mean, you do have it because I might have my transcription agent, Zoom or whatever on my side, but we're also recording on the other side. I might have Gong in there to do conversational intelligence and that's AI driven. And that's telling me other things like, you like how well did Audrey do on her side of the conversation? How well did I do on my side of the conversation? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but this is the world we live in. And you got to think about it differently. It's not scary. It's not bad. The computers are always listening if we want them to. But I think it's helping us evolve a bit. So if you're scared, if you're listening to this and you're scared about it, we have this massive, massive gap that's inexplicable. There are people that are in jobs. The unemployment rate is historically low. Why do we have more jobs than people? Because we have more work to do than we have people. And that's growing every year as population decrease happens. This emergence of AI is coming at a time when we as human beings are kind of, I hope, getting our stuff together. We don't have to have just throw bodies at something. Yeah, AI will talk to AI and those things will be working. But we as human beings are in the middle of all of that and driving it. We're the impeller, we're the creative spark and the soul behind the machine. Yeah, that's kind of like my perfect world. I think I even mentioned it in the very first episode of this podcast is I believe in a Star Trek future where we're just either exploring space because we want to or making art because we want to. And then AI kind of handles all the grunt work. Yeah. And if you want to dig ditches and cut wood, you can do that, too. Yeah, I actually probably would because I just got into gardening this year. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a AI gardening app and you're ratio system that's delivering water to the system at a certain precise intervals and it looks at when the sun is out or not or when it's raining oh yeah it's here yeah i actually did use chat gpt to plan for what plants i should use because i had to look at so i'm in texas and so i have to find things that don't die and heat (laughs) (laughs) that are drought friendly can handle high heat but then also we've been having all those freezes so it's like what can handle both of those things And so I obviously had to cross-check everything, but I don't think there was a single mistake in what it gave me in terms of the list of plants. It was super cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's wild. I also used, there's a bunch of apps popping up where you can take a picture of your house or your yard, and then it'll AI generate images around it, kind of like the Photoshop automatic fill or whatever they're calling that. And so like you can actually get a whole design, like an interior design or like I got some ideas for how to lay out my landscaping from it. I love it. It's crazy. But I got to talk about video. Yes. <laughs> good. Yeah. Let's That's get back to video. That's some really important. Yeah. The power and efficacy of video content and customer education. So video content is rising as a cornerstone of customer education. In your experience, what intrinsic features make video a powerful medium for this? 
simply put, TikTok, YouTube, taking over the world, right? These formats are so addictive, but they're also so informative. And that I find myself in an increasing amount relying on video, short form video, and more for my education. Now, it's up against conventional learning formats. Education is everywhere. It's, it's seeds. Every video you see out there, except for the entertainment only stuff. And even then you might get something. When you talk about edutainment, it's really important. And I hate that word and look at it as pejorative, but education has to be entertainment because it's got to catch the dopamine. I got to get dopamine off this. You know, I've got to be excited. I've, it's got to catch my attention. Even for those who aren't driven by that it needs to be a hit. So what we can do today with video is create really precise really impactful content. But if I have to go look at a document versus watch a three minute video, let's go back to outreach again. We had this, right? You could go online and read a bunch of docs. Some dev people, engineer types, you know, they, give me the doc. I don't want to hear you ramble on. I know better. Yeah, you do because you're smart. I might not be so smart about this topic. So can you please give me a three minute intro about all these cases? Cool. We did that. We had when you come into the university here, we generate really tight videos that high value, look really sharp, and they were fun to watch. And you get to the end and like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do this thing now. And then you'll sit down and go through and articulate rise, score module, or a really long form thing. And the videos are now longer. But I would say that there's still high value in the video format because it's easier to consume. You can consume it anywhere. It's lower interactive, meaning there's less time to develop and bring that to market. If you're doing it with tools like Vidiate, right? And it's just well adopted. And I think that's the key. We It's everywhere. It's universal. Do you see any specific sectors within B2B SaaS that benefit more from others using video for customer education? I tend to feel that it's kind of universal application. But think about it in this context of when you have some really complicated concepts to really get across to an individual. Picture is worth a thousand words. A video is worth what? A million? Because within that, you can expressly get to the point. It's engaging. It's entertaining and short. Whereas if I, I don't want to read something. I don't want to do a lot of interactives. If I'm just getting the gist of something, therefore I want to go to a video. Now, if I want to go deeper in learning, I might, I will still use conventional artifacts and tooling for education because you have to have those but the core video you can learn a lot from yeah i'm pretty partial to video myself i feel like i learn more now from youtube than i ever did in school how often should a company revisit its educational video content every month at least well okay so let me tell you this is just me okay so i can only talk authoritatively about my experiences but i would hope others are doing that and this is what i evangelize in most organizations, especially in software, where we have a product team, an engineering team that are making changes, they're making changes all the time. Now, one of the problems with that is, how would you, in a non-automation context, be able to keep up, right? Well, that means I need to be doing a whole lot of stuff. I've got to go to my team, my product marketing team. I've got to go to my product team. I've got to get all the updates. I have a spreadsheet. That spreadsheet has all of my content, and it has dates. When was the last time I updated this video? It also has a release date coming up and I'm able to look at that spreadsheet or maybe even get into a database or into some other kind of library, like a content management system that's maintaining that content. 
And then on a, like the ideal state is I get a trigger from the system itself to say there's some change. And I have a list of all my videos triggered with words and whatever, or page numbers or whatever you want to do it and you correlate it. And now I get notified, Dave, you got to go out and change that video. The change is coming in two weeks. Okay. Get it on a cycle. But in lieu of that, what my team would do, we would all get together, meet once a month. We would all have ownership of each one of our product areas in the videos that we have created on our own. And we would go through that list and say, what's changed? And we all had the responsibility to keep talking with the product team and the customer success team and everybody to make sure those were proactively scheduled. And we would create the videos and update them accordingly. So that's kind of the felt pain. The real pain is we do not staff for that. So I can tell you, for example, some of these companies that were in this situation have found themselves in not days, not weeks, not months, but years of time because they no longer have the resources to keep that content up. So what happens? They don't. Wow. Can AI help in identifying when video content needs updating? <laughs> Absolutely. Because like, think about it. When If you have your tooling set up where that now you're looking at triggers or you're looking at changes or you're looking at continuous release system that has all of that information. You know, I guess the simplest, like a Git archive for your platform, but now think of your own video content as being adjacent to that Git library and could be in there as well. And we could be automating that process with your platform, right? For example, I could have some kind of a tooling set up to be able to say, okay, let's change this change. Does a human need to go update the script? Yes, no, no, we can do that on the fly. Cool, run it through the system, produce the video, take that computer, not me, take that, put it in my deployment system and replace the video that was up there. Where's the person? Well, there was approval process and things like that, but the amount of time goes from here to here or lower, and now we're able to produce more content at high quality at lower cost. Speaking of automation, with advancements in automation technology, what possibilities are opening up for delivering the right video content to customers at the right moment in their journey? That opens up a huge, huge opportunity. Let's say that platform is, imagine we're headless. What, that, what does that mean? Headless means I have all this content, right? Sitting in a database. I mean, 200 videos and some are tiny, some are big, and they have all these keywords associated with them in the database. So my AI now goes, Hmm, Audrey just asked me a question or it was, there's a chat bot pops up, said, Audrey, you know, it's clippy. I look like, it looks like you're having a problem <laughs> or not even that it's boop. And in the corner of your screen is, looks like you're trying to use this feature and you may be behind the scenes have clicked on the button, canceled out, clicked on the button, canceled out something, you know how we do like, you just don't really know what you're doing. You're afraid to screw up. So you quit. And in that moment, that trigger in app now, now we're talking about PX or Pendo or something senses that and says, Hey, Audrey, here's a video that will help you out. And you see that's a minute. I got time for that. Cool. And then you're like, Oh, okay, do a little bit. And then it gives you another video. It says, Well, why don't you do this next? Oh, cool. Now the AI is leading you through. And this is another thing that I've heard recently. There's one concept of personalization. There's really a deep level of personalized content, personal content. That means it knows more about you and the experience that you're having in your journey through the experience of working with that app. Knows you've tried to do something 10 times and failed. Not going to judge you. It's going to coach you or give you things. And that's what we want. So yes, the tools are there today. Is it easy? 
not necessarily, but if you could draw out a cadence or a sequence of interactions and look at all these use cases and points where a customer is going to, you know, you look at your support database, right? Support database shows you've got this massive uplift of all these tickets. And you know what? A one minute video would have fixed that. And in the moment when that problem was happening, if I could have reached you with that little video, I would have negated or deflected that call from support. This is what B2B SaaS can deliver. It's there, but I can't say that it's done. We're not perfect yet. We're starting to, but it is coming along quite well. Yeah. I think that would be super cool to have some sort of integration with something like Walk Me or Pendo. So how are advancements in AI making video content more accessible, like through real-time translations or captions? Oh, wow. You just have to look at things like even Zoom to do that. I use a platform, and this isn't video, this is audio, but I will be recording video and doing all this stuff. And then in the periphery, I'm getting a live translation. Actually, I'll go back to Kaya. I've seen this on the call itself. I'm getting a transcript in the window beside our discussion in Zoom, well, in the interface, and it's literally transcribing as we go. And I've never seen anything like that. It's just flipping amazing. Other platform vendors are doing this as well, but having that transcription doesn't aid like, kind of like closed captioning on the fly. We see that in TikTok and YouTube and other places. You could be translating language right at the same time, which platforms do. So not only can you do the transcription, but the translation kind of on the fly localization. And this opens the world up. I can literally be having a call with you and the translation would happen and you could be speaking French. And these things are here today. So that's augmenting our capabilities kind of a lot, that live translation. And I brought localization up intentionally because that's one of the biggest plays adjacent to the management of videos, keeping that up to date. As you expand, guess what? More, more, more nations coming in that could do that kind on the fly, which is such extremely powerful. That allows you and your organization to expand globally in that scale. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of countries right now that just don't even get support or videos in their own language. They just have to make do with the English. I'm so excited. We're just one step closer to the Star Trek Universal Translator, which I'm holding out for before I leave this world. Go to be a world traveler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I would love to travel and meet different cultures in space. That would be the ideal. But for now, I'll just have to watch it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what excites you the most about AI right now? Oh, man, that's the hardest one. There's a lot to get excited about. I would say, you know, I'm kind of thinking about that Star Trek universe, too. But for me, I think the thing is, let's think about it in this context. I have been, Audrey, in so many roles where I find myself as a one person show. And that means I'm doing editing and production and recording and audio and all this stuff. I don't have time for that. Can't hire anybody. So often, what does that mean? I limit my capabilities. What I'm excited for is all the things we've just discussed, right? You have something, technology that can assemble, that can build an outline, and you go one step further and take that outline and actually maybe builds me a PowerPoint and it goes out to Midgard or one of like Dali and create some imagery that matches to what I'm talking about and places that in the slides. Maybe that's even video kind of things. 
and then it transcribes it into three languages and then it pulls out little vignettes where it says wow dave said something actually cool there and how do i know well, we said it before and let's take that out and snip it out into a little graphic or put it on the screen right there to accentuate what i'm saying and maybe it's building powerpoints on the slide as i'm recording and we're talking that extension of tools can that heavy lift is exhausting social is exhausting but now I have one 30-minute video, send something off, it's transcribed, it's localized, it's sent to different streams, it's put to where it needs to be, it's updated as I need to go, and now I'm a superhuman. That excites me. It allows me as a content provider and educator to be able to create artifacts and create really, truly engaging materials, and I worry about what's up here. I don't worry about all the things that I have to do to make it happen. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about, too. <laughs> Dave, where can our listeners find you? Well, they can find me at a lot of different places, but number one is LinkedIn. If you want to talk and you want to talk as just person to person, I would love to hear from you. That's on LinkedIn. I'm Dave Darrington. I think it's just LinkedIn slash Dave Darrington, D-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Otherwise, you can go see me at C-Lab and it's just Dave at customer.education and go to the site, fill in the contact form. You can reach me there. You can also reach me at Service Rocket. That's where I'm at all day long. And if you need help with things and particularly technology implementation, all that kind of stuff, it's great to talk to us there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining. Not a problem. We're trying to figure this stuff out together. It's always great to be able to share what you learn. So I'm hoping the audience gets value out of some of the things that I've learned and I'm passing along to you. Yeah, I hope so too. That's my goal is to kind of make all this seem a little bit less scary. That's all for today's episode of Video Voyagers, Edge of AI. And if you'd like to learn how customer success and customer education leaders are using video to scale their support efforts, how AI and automation plays into their day-to-day, -day, and what video technology your competitors are investing in, check out the newly released 2023 State of SaaS Customer Success and Product Training Videos Report. You can download it on our website at video.io. And don't forget to subscribe. See you on the next one. Video Voyager's Edge of AI is powered by Vidiate, the number one trailblazer in the world of video AI and automation. With Vidiate, it's fast and easy to create, update, and globalize your video library with every new software release. Learn more on our website at vidiate.io. Keep up to date with technology's role in shaping the future of customer experience. Search for Video Voyagers on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to stuff. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review if you like us, but not if you don't, and stay tuned for more. See you next time.